Your best mix of music and your best mix of conversations. You need to be living under a rock to know that buildings have been collapsing, people have been losing their lives, people have been trying to flee the country, everything imaginable. And in a city where we see so many empty buildings, so much construction happening, of course, we had to bring you an expert to break it down for us. Thomas Kimani, a civil and structural engineer and an edge expert. Good morning to you and thank you for joining us. Morning to you too. Thank you very much for hosting me. Let's go straight into this, uh, Mr. Kimani. What exactly is an edge expert? Because I want to be one. It sounds really fun. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Uh, edge, I'll start with edge. Edge means uh, excellence in design uh, for greater efficiencies. So an edge expert is a person who in a construction team encourages uh, such practices that are in line now with bioclimatic designs that make a positive change or impact in the project and at large the construction industry. As you know, we have climate change issues and now the construction industry is moving towards that. But edge uh, is from World Bank in partnership with IFC. Ah, problem solver. I like that. And I like um, the awareness of the environment of climate change and of trying to do things better. Mr. Kimani, as a civil and structural engineer, I have to ask you um, this recent case. Let's just jump in straight. Right. This recent case where a, a woman was found to be probably fleeing the country. Uh, she was the owner of the building that collapsed where two people lost their lives. Now court proceedings have going, are going to begin. I hate to be controversial, but I don't believe that the building owner should be the sole, sole person responsible for something that happens to that building. She's not an en engineer expert. She hired them. Where, what is the situation with that story? Uh, I tend to agree with you to some extent, because at the end of it all, the developer might not be aware of so many things that happen along the value chain. And even before the building started uh, in terms of construction, there is the approval process where the initiator of the process are the local authorities who are the local governments and the county governments. And at the tail end, let's say it's an occupied building, they also issue the occupation certificates. So the responsibility uh, allocation or the blame would have to uh, be looked into deeper and actually establish the real cause of the problem and the failure of the structure. Even the professionals involved might be responsible. So it cuts across board. So it needs to be. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, I mean, I think before we go into, because we've seen over the years, this this there was like almost like a pandemic five, seven years ago, right? Buildings just falling apart. Uh, and it's usually when the weather is like this, which just shows you the, hmm. the, the, the construction itself is extremely poor, right? Yes. What is the difference fundamentally and from a, um, a structural perspective of a building that is safe versus a building that's unsafe? Uh, fundamentally, you'd look at now the structural integrity of the structure, which now stems from the initial design or the, the process, the preliminary studies that are involved in the design process of the construction. Right. So you'd say that fundamentally you'd look at the issues that now cause the failures of the structure, which can be by design or workmanship or even negligence uh, right. by the people involved. And, 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 and if I can just ask another question then, you know, we, we, we're living in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a country, and if you remember our former, former president, Mike Kibaki, saying that Kenya would be become an emerging 
country. Uh, what do they say? The bridge between the developing world and the first world, right? Um, but there are so many things that pull us back. And things like this, where buildings are just put up, you can't expect a tenant to say, oh, show me the designs. I need to know. that we." I mean, even where I live, the apartment I live, I wouldn't know. It's old and, and, and therefore structurally quite sound. But I mean, I wouldn't know if I'm going to sleep at night that I was going to, the, the roof was going to collapse, right? So, you know, the process of ensuring that a building is suitable to to live in, what, what does that process look like? If, I, if, I'm, if I've got a piece of land and a ton of money and I want to build an apartment complex and make a lot of money on rent and I want it to be 15 stories high, what is the process? Uh, the process starts with now uh, bringing on board professionals who can be consultants who initially, even before you start construction, go to the site, do a preliminary study or survey. They establish the ground conditions, the geotechnicals or the slope or anything that's on the site that might affect your structure. Mm -hmm. Then they'll advise you as the developer on now the do's and don'ts, even based also on zoning requirements and such and the local regulations. So after that, they also assess on the need for further studies on the ground. Let's say a building collapses because of poor ground conditions or soil conditions. So they'll have to uh, involve other experts in the process. Let's say a geotechnical engineer who looks at the soil conditions and advises on the type of foundation that you should have on that building. After that, now they go into the detailed design process. And uh, at that point now is when now uh, in most local authorities, the architect submits his drawings first to the authorities. Mm -hmm. So once they submit, the authorities are also able to review internally and make comments on those designs and assessing basically on zoning, on planning and such. Mm. The engineer does the same, the structural engineer, and the county engineers or the local authority engineers also have a way of reviewing and advising or discussing with the engineers. Forgive me for being that person, but I hear advising, permits, uh, meetings, and assessments, and all I hear is cash money. So we're going to come back mm. and we're going to talk about assessments and permits and actually where the onus lies on buildings that collapse and how safe we are. Yeah, we'll also discuss what wasn't done <laughs> in this particular instance that happened this past week. 98.4 Capital FM we are talking, obviously, about what has been uh, trending, what's in the news right now, and that is, of course, these, uh, you know, if it's a car, it's not roadworthy. If it's an apartment complex, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> not fit for use. Not fit for use. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, as we continue this discussion, um, and, and I, I just, I know we have a lot to get through, uh, but before we took the break, there was something I wanted to ask you, which was, you know, what has been avoided Right for this, uh, Advina, you mentioned it as well. What are people? What, what are the areas people have gone around to get, you know, you know, to cut the ribbon and say now you can rent my an apartment from my beautiful building? Because you've mentioned all these things that kind of have to happen and be in place, and if they're done, chances are that apartment complex is fit for use, as you say. Yes. But people are going around. What's the easiest way to get around some of these? There's certain things you can't get around, right? True. Like brick and mortar, you can't get around. You have to build it. True. So what are you getting around? Uh, for starters, I'd say, one, you're getting around the statutory requirements or approval process. Some of the buildings, you can you find out they are not approved. Number two, when you get now into the actual construction, there are so many corners that people uh, 
uh, I'll call them quirks, cut around in terms of now the workmanship, the standard of materials. Actually, uh, you've talked about concrete or brick and mortar, but of course we we also have different classes and strengths of the same materials. Mm. So you can find that in a building where you have like a strength of maybe we call them uh, like class 30. They've used a uh, concrete that is of low quality. So that's also another reason. The other one is the uh, inadequate enforcement mechanisms mm-hmm. where you find even maybe in some cases uh, the enforcement officers and such are not adequately trained or equipped or even in some counties they are not enough to go through all around the whole county looking at buildings. So it's an issue of let's say capacity from the enforcement side and also now the implementation side the team that's working on the project uh, they lack professionalism all the way from the developer the designers involved the contractor and even the fundies because even nowadays the masons welders and such are trained and you can get them certified okay so you're getting people that less lower 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 skilled individuals to because it's cheaper Yes, it's it's cheaper by the look of it, but it's more expensive when you look at mm. the project. Just ask the lady trying to get to Texas the other day. Oh no! Hold on. <laughs> look, so okay, so what do you? Okay, so I have. Uh, let's say I have a plot of land. Yes. What do I need that I absolutely, absolutely must get, um, and to to ensure that I can have people in my apartment safely, and I won't end up trying to flee the country if something goes wrong. Uh, when you are getting people inside your building, uh, the last stop uh, is the county government where you get the occupation certificate. You must get that. So Governor Sakaja has just turned around and said that um, that only only uh, that they're going to really really check on these buildings now. What what have they been doing up till now? Uh, it puzzles me too because. <laughs> Uh, I think the local authorities are tasked with that mandate because we have the regulatory bodies like NCA, EBK that regulate professionals and people in the industry. But so is it a case of the county government coming and seeing that you have the certificates or they're walking around this this place like hitting walls and doing an echo test? You can tell I'm, I have a background in construction. But <laughs> <laughs> what is the county government when they come and check on these properties? What do they do actually? Actually, from the word go, when they approve, it's the first station you go to as a developer to get your approvals. And it's the last station you will exit by getting the occupation certificate. During the whole process, construction process, they should be involved. There are some things that are called green cards that some of the people, even when you're concreting, they come, they look at the reinforcement, they look at the concrete, they work now together with the professionals in the project so that they ensure proper quality control along the whole process, such that by the time uh, you're getting the occupation certificate, everyone is satisfied and content. The tests you're talking about can be done on existing buildings, and uh, some of them, I know even NCA has done research on that, and so many buildings even in Nairobi are not fit for use. And I think like such buildings should just be condemned and demolished. Yeah, but you're talking oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. condemning buildings that are housing, you know... 30, 40, 50, 60 families, right? I mean, that can't be an easy task. You know what I mean? To tell someone, okay, you have to leave somewhere you've lived for X amount of years because it's been condemned. I mean, this is a huge process because I think the more the more you look, it's like anything, right? The more True. you look, the more you're going to find uh, and the more buildings you're going to see that are not fit for use. But, True. But Farid, I'm, I, I don't believe that they... C- 
keep checking, right? They keep they check, they approve, and then people are allowed to tenants are allowed to move in. They don't yes. keep checking throughout, do they? They don't, which is another lapse because uh, during the use of the building, there are usually the checks that are done. It's called like monitoring and evaluation mm-hmm. during the use because a building has its own lifetime or lifetime also. There's a stage where it can reach and you decommission it, you demolish it. So during now that use, one, you have to check and ensure that if the b- a building was designed as an apartment building, its use is an, a, as an apartment building. Because buildings have different loads that they can carry. Because if you use an apartment building as a warehouse, which are you, you are storing very heavy things and such, the dynamic will be different. In sure, the sure. I mean, uh, so you, 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 what you're saying is you wouldn't live in a go-down. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, maybe when we regentrify the industrial area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, so I'm, I'm in the process of buying an apartment, almost completed my journey. Uh, my first one, I'm really excited, obviously. Um, um, I, won't, I won't say the developer or the apartment building, but but I haven't, like, I've done no background checks, right? Nice. Yes. Like, nice. I know the developer well. Yes. He's, he's also a friend. Yes. But I've done literally no background checks whatsoever. Yeah. You understand? Yes. So I've got a guy who runs around between the bank and the lawyer and the developer and their land surveyor. And I mean, I'm like literally just, he's like, sign this, I'm signing it. And he's okay, this is for this. And this is, you deposit this much money and I send him the money and I put it in the account, whatever. Yeah. What happens? Yes. God forbid, knock on wood, this doesn't happen. <laughs> um, I, I I finalize on the apartment. Yeah. It's already got a tenant living in it. True. And the the apartment building collapses. What happens then? Am I am I responsible? Uh, to some extent, I'd say no, because but also you are kind of responsible because. <laughs> so, so, so you're not saying no. <laughs> it's a joint responsibility. Right. I'm saying no and yes at the same time because uh, it's a joint responsibility. But the buck stops with now the person or the authority that signed off that building to be occupied, which I'm saying is the county government. But as you now you know we are living in Kenya, and. Uh, I'd encourage you like to do the background check, check whether they have approved drawings, check the S-built drawings, get the professionals who are involved in the project, and at least, because it's a heavy investment for you on your, on your end. Yeah. And the cost of life also, you can't also quantify. So it would cost you uh, a drop in the ocean, but it would safeguard you uh, so many problems in future. Right. Yeah. And one of the problems being I could lose my apartment because it could collapse. Yes. Yeah. Civil and structural engineer Thomas Kimani in studio with us on 98.4 Capital FM. We are going to come back because we are solutions orientated. We must find things to do about the issues. But I'm going to really get you in trouble. On a scale of one to ten, okay, and you can just grunt. Yes. How corrupt is the construction industry? Uh, Five. (laughs) You're no, so you're, diplomatic. You're, you're, you're being safe. I can tell by your laugh. That's a safe answer. So that means eight. <laughs> Nine. Eight, ten being the highest. Oh, Lord yeah. above. Uh, but, but I mean, obviously, you know, we, we, we have a problem here. Uh, and it's a big, big problem. True. I mean, you know, you can't open the paper every other week and read about an apartment building collapsing. Yes. That is actually ridiculous. 98.4 Capital FM. We are talking all things uh, home. Uh, well, I mean, safety is a different thing altogether. We're talking about construction, uh, robustness and viability. And unfortunately, we're seeing way too many cases of people losing their lives and their homes because shortcuts have been taken. 
So the NCA, the National Construction Authority, in a, a report, an audit report in 2022, that is this year, said that 10,791 out of 14,895 buildings were marked as unsafe for occupancy. Are you actually joking? And I know you, I know that's not you, but I just, I feel like just shouting at you, Thomas Kimani, what is going on in our capital city, in our country? Yeah, it's, uh, it's total madness because uh, they're unsafe. And actually, to add on to that, the number of buildings that involve professionals are less than 10% of the buildings being built all over the country. So you're telling me they're just guys from Gong Road, fundies who have just been told just stack some things on top of each other. How do you... How do you make a building without professionals? And like, how does that happen? Uh, the same things we've discussed. Uh, of course, uh, people cut corners in one way or the other, avoiding approvals, avoiding professionals. But at the end of it all, you find that uh, the cost uh, implication or even to the economy is much higher than the money the developer is trying to save. Thomas Kimani, I don't want to make you point fingers. I don't want to affect your career in any way because it's, it's a strong career. Let, let it not be said that Davina and Farid ruined my career, but... Well, we've ruined many, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> on, this show, on this show, actually. <laughs> who, who should, who, who should, who should uh, carry the blame? Who should carry the responsibility? And who should we put point fingers at? Uh, we have so many. Uh, let me start with that. Uh, we have so many regulatory bodies. Like engineers are regulated by the Engineers Board of Kenya. The architects and uh, quantity surveyors, they have their bodies. We have NCA. We have the local county governments. And at the end of it all, all these bodies are responsible one way or the other. But uh, looking at it now from now uh, front end, uh, the whole value chain, the local authorities, the let's say the county government and NCA are, have the mandate or are tasked now. And they should carry most of the responsibility. But to add on to that, because there are so many bodies that are involved in construction, we can borrow as a country from best practices all over the world, like in the UK, uh, Singapore, or Malaysia, where you have less uh, cases of collapsed buildings or failures. And such it's just us in, in India, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you find those countries have like a centralized uh, area of approvals. I'm not saying that we need to merge all these organizations together or departments, but they can find a way of working together mm. even if it's remotely to make sure that they they enforce and yeah, uh, so, sorry, something I'd like to ask. So I I was recently filming something at the at the port in Mombasa and it's a similar situation, right? The old way of doing things was if you wanted to send or receive a container at the port, you had to go to the cab's office the KRA office, there was like three or four or five different offices yet to go and physically get something stamped, yes, right? Yes. Now they've electronified, yes. uh, for lack of a better term, yeah. uh, that system, mechanized that system. Yes. So now it's all input into a system. Yeah. W- would that be an ideal world for for construction here, that, that y- providing you log into a system as a authorized contractor or whatever the, you call that position, and you get all your approvals done, and only then when that document has all the in the system it says this has all been approved by these bodies then you can proceed with the construction would that be an ideal world that would be ideal because some of the cases you find that some of the developers uh, they find the process cumbersome because they'll go to the (laughs) county then they are sent to another authority Uh, it involves and you know it has to involve money yeah uh, uh, the can disappear then right yes yes but when it's centralized and a system that extends into the monitoring and evaluation of the project during construction 
the authorities can be able to be off to flag off issues more easily and that goes also now with equipping also mm. and having more more professionals mm. like in the county governments mm. uh, i know counties that have like two engineers or four engineers supervising projects in the whole county it's just not practical you I need understand. you need more professionals in it right but yeah. but mechanizing the system and having one body that looks after the system to say that okay davina who's building an apartment complex has got 9 out of 10 or 7 out of 8 uh authorizations to build her building but there's one missing so no she cannot continue she cannot start the construction until this one is done that would be really a great solution so anyone any techies out there that could be a solution you can give to the national construction authority you're welcome this guy has just ideas for days nitin has a whatsapped and said how is the nairobi county approving 10 story structures in parklands and westlands within meters of each other every old standalone house is now a tower and boreholes <laughs> in every compound when the rule used to be be 3 kilometers apart how are we going so high what is the deal on that note i remember i lived in this apartment complex and they built one right next to it and my bedroom window was looking straight into the bathroom of 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 the next building complex and they were like literally less than a meter apart and they were two separate compounds i don't know yeah. who suffered more you or the other person that's I the mean, problem i mean i mean the things that person saw <laughs> anyway yeah sorry yeah and i'd say that uh yeah we are talking about development control and also there's the building control now city uh, planning as well yes 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 and it's the same thing that we are saying that these issues are independent but they are interlinked uh, and the authorities like the planners they have to work now with the engineers and the architects to make sure now we live in a very good habitable city that is not becoming like an urban vertical slum in a way Oh, <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, you 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 mentioned that. That's a really great question as well, Davina. Because you know we we do see this. You know, you 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 move into an apartment complex. Maybe it's the first time you've left. You know, you've you moved into like a Killaleshwa or a Lavington, which you know generally are pretty upmarket areas, right? Even the apartment complexes. You're looking at a three bedroom going for somewhere between eighty and one hundred and ten thousand shillings a month, which is not small money, right? Yeah. And then you move in and everything is great and then all of a sudden they start construction literally a meter away from where you live. Yeah. Um how much of that falls on city planning? How much of that is money that's being cleaned? So they put it into real estate which is a big way to clean money as well. So all these factors are causing this incredible urban sprawl yeah. that is actually destroying not just uh the the environments people live in but the environment in general. True. And actually uh you know uh in Kenya we have laws we have acts of parliament we have regulations and building codes that if they are followed to the letter we wouldn't have so many of those cases happening because we have them but as you're saying we have an issue with uh, corruption or other or other things happening there you go you heard it here engineer thomas kimani civil structural engineer construction project manager and edge expert 98.4 capital fm